God bless you. Happy Easter. Um, today is a, you know, kind of the Super Bowl of Sundays. It's not Super Bowl Sunday. It's the Super Bowl of, of, of our, I hate to even put Super Bowl. It is the day that we remember. Um, it's a day of being thankful. It's a day of being rescued. It's a day of not getting what you deserve. It, it's a day of redemption. Um, there's a lot that, that's going on with the day that we're celebrating today, and um, today is going to be a very, um, I want to say it's going to be light. I hope it's not light, but I just wanted to, I, I want to make sure that we remember what it is that Jesus did for us. Um, so many times we get focused on what he did, and we, I think that we as a church miss why he did it. Um, Today is the day of resurrection when Jesus came out of the tomb. It's a day of death. It was a, it was a, Friday was a day of death and burial. Today is a day of life. I want you to know that our God is alive, and those, that are, those in this world that are worshiping other gods, there is not any other God that's alive. Our God is alive. And um, today we celebrate that life. And not only do we celebrate that life that Jesus is alive, but we celebrate the fact that we have life. So today I want to kind of relook at the resurrection at Easter and why we celebrate Easter, but I want to look at it from a different perspective. And I'm going to try. Now, this is going to be very finite. My, our brains are finite compared to God's, but I have been trying to look at Easter from God's perspective this week. John 3.16, we all know this. If you don't know it, it's something that you need to get to know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I use the New King James because that's the way I learned it. Uh, there's other translations that might read a little bit easier, might be a little softer, but God loved, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So I want to ask you the question, and again, I'm trying to take this from God the Father's perspective, from heaven's perspective. Why was the only begotten Son given? You know, there's a thousand answers, and they're all right, but the answer that I'm looking for is the fourth word. It was love. Because God so loved, and who is the world? Me. Everybody say me. You. God so loved you that he gave his son. We celebrate Easter. Not even so much as what Jesus did, but of God's love for you. What God's love for you drove him to do. Giving his son for us, Jesus. He gave it to me. He gave it to you. This whole sacrifice, this gift, this miracle was for you. You've heard this a thousand times. Whether you're a believer or you're not a believer today, I want you to hear it differently. God loves you. God loves you. Greater than any love you could have ever experienced here on this earth. He loves you. Without a hook, Without a messy past, he loves you with pure God love. So, 
as we look at the, at the resurrection, at the cross, at what happened at Easter, let's break down each big bullet point of what I can kind of think of when I think of Easter service. First of all, he shed his blood, right? We all know the story. I hope that you know the story of, of uh, the cross, but he shed his blood, which is redemption. But I want to ask you, did heaven need Jesus' blood to be shed? Did God the Father need Jesus' blood to be shed? Nothing in heaven required the blood of Jesus to be shed. Jesus' blood was shed for me, for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. I think I'm already messed up. Isn't that funny? I work so hard. I'm going to just read you what I have. Liz, do the best that you can. This isn't Liz's fault. This is my fault. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. Your life is a journey you must travel with the deep consciousness of God, consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacrificed blood. You know, he died like an unblemished sacrificed lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it had only, it has only lately at the end of the ages become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. It is because of the sacrificed Messiah whom God then raised from the dead and glorified that you trust God and you know you have a future in God. That's from the message. Let's go ahead and read it here. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Did you see that the, it was the, sh- the shed blood of Christ, the perfect lamb of God without blemish was done for you and he knew he was going to do it all along. It wasn't one of these things where all of a sudden God figured out, oh my gosh, what have I created? I need to fix that. Nope, he knew right from the beginning. He knew who you were. He knew what he was going to do. But one thing I want you to catch is that this was not needed in heaven. This was needed because of us. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Did Jesus need to be redeemed? No. God loves you. I'm going to say this over and over. God loves you. There are people here today that have known Jesus most of their life that still are struggling with knowing whether or not God loves you. Yeah, you know how to say it. Yeah, you know the songs. But in your heart, you're not there. I want you to know God is there. He's there. Next. His stripes, 
Do you guys remember he was beaten? He was whipped as he was making his way to the cross? So many times we just think of what happened at the cross, but there was a journey to the cross that Jesus willfully walked. He knew it was going to be bad because he even said to God the Father, hey, if this could pass, I'd kind of like it too, but not my will, but your will be done. But I know what I'm about to walk through, and as a human, I know this is going to hurt. But if this is what you ask of me, this is what I'll do. And part of this walk required these stripes on his back, and they weren't for nothing. It says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Did Jesus need healing? No. I did. There was a word today for someone for specific healing, and I want you to know there is scripture that says that Jesus opens the, the ears. God had a word for somebody about an ear. I want you to know God's a healer. But I want you to know that those in heaven don't need healing. We need healing. This was done because God loves you. Because God's thinking of you. What happened here? He was wounded for our iniquities and our sins. The chastisement. Chastisement, his criticism. But I want you to know that chastisement is also restraints. It also kind of represents chains. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. He gave us peace, and by his stripes, we are healed. We can claim the stripes of Jesus Christ for our healing, because that's why he did it. By your stripes, I am healed. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel, the kingdom of God, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Every Sunday we open up the altar for prayer. Something we must, something we must as Christ followers follow in is that Jesus is a healer. The path that he took to the cross was not so that you can sit out there sick. The path he took to the cross was so that you don't have to sit out there sick. He has provided us a way to receive healing. But that requires for you to get up and to ask that by the stripes of Jesus Christ that I be healed. God says you have not because you ask not. Again, me reminding you of what went on at the cross, me reminding you of what went on at the cross is for you to remember not only that God loves you, but there is provision for you, and you've got to go to the table and eat. We're about to all go eat. Trying hard today to get you there quickly. 
We're about to go eat. I love seeing this whole big family. We've got families that have showed up today, and all I said, all y'all need now is just the, the ham. We just had the ham. We we're good to go, or whatever it is that you're going to eat. This is church. But within a church, I want you to know that when my kids get sick, we address it. Sometimes they won't tell us. Most of the time, it's me that won't tell. That's what happens in church. We don't say anything. And the Lord has provided us a way, it says, to call for the elders of the church. Lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for it. God said, I've paid the price. I gave my son. My son paid the price for your healing. I've told you how to do it. Now, why aren't you getting healed? Because God's not a healer? No. My God's a healer. By his stripes, I can claim the stripes of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he did it for me. He did it for me. I'm the one that needs healing. Pastor Justin talked about our great needs here in the church, financial or whatever. I want you to know we have tractor trailer loads of need. You have come in here today with your family and you have tractor trailer loads of need. Most of them need help. Some of them are kind of little and we can kind of deal with them. We can kind of try to hang on our, on ourselves, but I want you to know the need that we have for Christ is larger than a tractor trailer load. It's so large that no one can do it. So what did God do? He paid for it. How else did he did it? Do it. He did it by restoring relationship. And this is one of the this is one of the most tender, one of the most awesome things that happened at the cross. And I think that so many times we miss it. What happened when Jesus finally died? The ground began to shake. Stone was rolled away. But what else happened? What happened when Jesus finally breathed his last breath? The veil was torn. What's the significance of the veil being torn? I believe it is one of the main reasons Christ came was to restore us back to God. So I want to ask you, did Jesus need to be restored back to God? No, it was done for us. Jesus paid it all so that I could have my relationship back with my father that got messed up because of sin. Why is it? How does that happen? Because Jesus paid for my sin. He redeemed me. He restored me. He made the throne of God something accessible back to me that I could boldly approach, not sneak up on and hope he doesn't notice, but hey, God, by the way, I'm here. No, tore the veil, said come boldly. Jesus did that for me to restore relationship for me. If you notice John 3.16 the key is relationship. Because God so loved us. You may be here today and you may, be, you may have been dragged to church. You may hate church. It's okay. Believe me, in my years of going to church, I've had moments where I hated church. I've hated a lot of things in my life. 
but I want you to hear me. Regardless if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, God loves you. God loves you. And there is something within you that even though it may rub you a little bit, you know it to be true. Do you know why? Because he created you. Because all of creation is saying the same thing. We sang it this morning. The rocks will cry out. All of creation is telling the world who God is. And I know that creation is telling you that God loves you. You try to resist, you try to resist, and you try to resist, but I want you to know God's love for you is not going to stop. It is relentless. He paid everything for you. Give in to it. Give up your heart. God loves you. The veil was torn. Why? So that there wouldn't be any separation between you and God. It also was torn so that we could sit in the presence of the Father at any time. Do you know back before Jesus came, that could only happen once a year? That the priest had to go for us? at the Day of Atonement, to make atonement for our sins. And even then, it wasn't complete because it was done with the blood of bulls and goats. It was just kind of getting us by. But when Jesus paid the price with his blood, the veil was torn. We were given access to Father God ourselves. I can come into the presence and sit with God the Father at any time. That veil was torn once and for all and could never be restrung together. It's over. What else happened at the cross? And, and something that I don't think that we catch at this time, but the Holy Spirit was given. Because of Jesus going to the cross, dying on the cross, um, paying for our sins, coming back alive, and then leaving, he was able to leave us his Holy Spirit. Did Jesus Christ need the Holy Spirit? No, it's his Spirit. But he needed to come, he needed to pay, and he needed to go so that he could send us his spirit. I have the spirit of Christ in me. Why is that significant? Because it brings comfort in uncomfortable situations. There are some situations that you will never receive comfort from. Ever. Except only one way. Who else is the Holy Spirit? He's the teacher. You know, Jesus gave us his word, but I can tell you without a teacher, I still fall short of understanding. But because I have the spirit of God, I can see it the way he sees it. I've got the Holy Spirit. But why else was the Holy Spirit given? To give me power. Who here faces things that are difficult? I've got the Holy Spirit. It says that as long as God's with me, I can do all things. When God's not with me, I can't do anything. My efforts are dead. But with God. Finally, death. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. This is from the message. Death swallowed by a triumphant life. Who got the last word, O death? 
Oh, death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, capital L, all three, sin, guilt, and death are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. Oh, death, where is your sting? The resurrection king. Well, I'm about to get emotional. Has rendered you defeated. Anybody remember that? We sang it this morning. Oh, death, where is your sting? The resurrection king has rendered you defeated. Forever he is glorified. We do not fear death. If you are fearing death, you are absent of God. God has overcome. He's gone in and taken the keys of death. Yeah, on this earth, on this earth I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die. This thing's going to die. I'm not going to die. I've been promised life. And it's a promise that's been paid for that no one can overcome. I have life. Did Jesus need life? No. He came down here to give us life. Life came to give us life. In the process, he went and took care of death. Romans 6, 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. John 3, 16, this is from the message. We've just read this earlier. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, everyone can have a whole and lasting life. And as he speaks, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where God lost his life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every, every part designed in a work of art called love. What happened at Easter was for you. Everything that was done at the cross wasn't done because of a need in heaven. It was done because of your need. He did it because he loves you. If you'll just bow your heads with me, I just want to pray for you for just a moment. I just want to ask you to just consider risking everything. I believe that in your heart, 
you know, you know that God is calling you, that he is reaching out for you. I want you to know that you can't do this on your own. You can't do this without the Lord drawing you. And he's drawing you. It says in Scripture that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, would you do that today? Just right where you sit? Just want to ask you, are you here today and you just have nowhere else to go? You're at the end of the rope. And you're ready to give your heart to Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up without anybody looking around? I am ready to give my heart to Jesus. I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Lord, I know I can feel your Holy Spirit tugging. I can't feel the full weight of what you did at the cross, but I do feel a weight. I can feel your heart and your compassion and your heart towards us. And even though you didn't raise your hand, you're out there today and you're saying, I want to give my heart. I want you to know this is a decision between you and God. It's just as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I can't do this on my own. Save me. Come into my heart, Spirit of God. Create in me a new heart. And I choose today to follow you. I've been following everything else, but today I choose to follow you. Just give you my heart this morning. You may be here today and you may have just turned away. Would you just make a decision today to turn back? Do you know when you return to the Lord, He does not show up with a laundry list of everything you've done? He shows up with love. The prodigal, when the prodigal son returned to the father, the father didn't show up with everything he'd done wrong. He ran to him. Clothed him. Threw a party for him. All of heaven rejoices when you return. I just encourage you to return to the Lord. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for the cross. Amen.